Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Wednesday afternoon post-debate. We called it the shit show. What a debate that was. And there's no person better to talk about it than the great Atiba Buchanan, uh, co-host of the uh, Buchanan and Seton show on WVON. Atiba, welcome back to the show. Man, thank you so much. And I can tell you this. I was looking so forward to getting a call from you. You you made my day. I needed to get this off my chest. So great call. All right. I, I had a feeling you had a lot of stuff uh, on your mind that you wanted to uh, talk about. But before we do that, just tell folks if they want to hear uh, your show, where do they tune in and how they, can they follow you? Go ahead. Absolutely. So it's the Buchanan and Seton radio show. And we air Friday nights, 9 until midnight, on WVON AM 1690. All right. And as everybody knows who listens to my show, uh, Tiba's a regular, uh, as is his partner in crime, David Seaton, uh, on the radio show. And generally, uh, Tiba's more to the left uh, than David, who's uh, basically a centrist Democrat. But in this moment in time, Tiba, I just know that most leftists and most centrists are together at one point. Donald yeah, Trump absolutely. is no freaking joke. This is a serious threat to democracy. Go ahead, Atiba. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you just want to start with COVID, that alone makes him a very unique uh, threat to this country. I, I can say uh, with every president that I've ever seen, I can't imagine one that would have handled COVID the way that he has, uh, the way that he has um, made it about politics, the way that, the way that he has ignored blue states from the top because it first hit in New York and California and he was unconcerned based on Bob Whitworth's book. We know that he always knew how dangerous it was uh, and he even admitted it on tape and then told the American people something else. So again, that that alone disqualifies him from office, for office and, and again makes him a very unique threat, let alone his threat to democracy because he's literally trying to run an autocracy and we're watching it in the making. It's stunning. All right. So uh, his threat to democracy, let's pick up on that. How did last night's debate fit into what you call uh, Donald Trump's threat to democracy? Okay, so if you remember back in 2016, when uh, he was asked flat out if he would accept the the election results while he was running against Hillary Clinton, his response was, we'll have to wait and see. Any time that he's been asked, will he accept the results? He has never, ever said an unequivocal Yes. He always says, wait and see. But now he's taking it to another level because he's claiming fraud that there's no data to support. Uh, And it's funny, too, because, again, the the post office delivers how many billions of pieces or millions of pieces of mail a day? And now all of a sudden it won't be able to handle an election. It's it's again, it's stunning. And he also went on to say uh, that he would uh, that he's looking to rush through this nominee for the Supreme Court so that he can have the majority that he needs, should he need it, 
uh, for, the, for the Supreme Court to hand him the election if necessary. It's absolutely stunning the things that he says out loud. And let's, I mean, it's so remarkable that we have the uh, presidential uh, election and the debate, and every day it seems, Atiba, something unbelievably significant gets moved to a back burner because of some other outrage. But in the middle of it, we have the Supreme Court nomination uh, battle with uh, Amy Coney Barrett. I have a hard time imagining that the Democrats uh, could get a Republican to break, more than two Republicans who've already said they're going to break uh, from Trump on this. And yet, as you point out, she could be a pivotal vote on delivering the election to Trump. You got to think that you have to hope, don't you, somewhere that a Republican uh, will break from Trump just in this one point, because that is a rigged election if it comes down to that. Yeah, absolutely not. It would be it would be so naive of us to think that 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 a Republican is going to save the day. I am so weary of hearing about Susan Collins and Murkowski and and their trepidation and what they think is uncomfortable every single time they come home. Mitt Romney has already said he's going to vote uh, to put it, to put it through. If it comes if a, if a vote comes up, he's he's voting to do the will of the American people. So where are these votes supposed to come from? Who is supposed to be uh, exposed enough that they would go against Trump's Republican Party? Uh, at this point, there's absolutely no way that that's going to happen. I can, I can say that with a straight face. All right. Now, let's uh, go back to the debate. Let's not lose sight of the debate. I can find myself going off on a tangent really fast about the, uh, uh, the Supreme Court nomination. Uh, your overall thoughts about what went down last night? Yeah, I, I thought it was a win for Biden. Um, I do believe that Biden had a, a, a few missed opportunities, but overall, I think he did. I think he did well. He did well with his stamina. I think he can put to rest now some of the questions uh, that were really never valid anyway. But the questions about his stamina, he he was he was sharp from beginning to end uh, for the most part. Um, I, and I think that more importantly, that without the audience there. Donald Trump suffered tremendously because he wasn't able to get those zingers, uh, those things that are distracting and 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 those sound bites. I think of, again, 2016, uh, when he told Hillary Clinton, you'd be in jail and the response that the audience gave him and how that, again, became something very memorable. He didn't have those moments. As a matter of fact, he had the opposite. People got a chance to see firsthand just how uh, how petulant and and, and petty he is. He, he came across, in my opinion, as a grown child. And that was, I think he, he did not do himself any favors, in particular with independence. And uh, how, do you, how do you view his tactic of cutting off Biden, uh, trying to uh, bully uh, Biden? Uh, do you think that would turn off voters as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have the live CNN uh, voters there, uh, people who are undecided, uh, supposedly, and and even speaking to them, even some that were leaning towards Trump indicated that they were not happy with what they saw. Um, again, Donald Trump, you know, the the top, the, the stakes are too high uh, for it, for people to to see what he put on display. We've got two hundred plus thousand dead people. 
from COVID-19. And they're projecting, if we don't get it together, 400,000 by the end of the year. And people were not able to walk away with a firm sense of how he's looking to handle this crisis. Uh, all he did, what he's, all he did was what he normally does is pat himself on the back and indicate that he's done everything right from the beginning. It's stunning. Well, he didn't more than that. It was a bizarre uh, counterattack on Biden at the start of the uh, debate where he said it would have been worse had you been president. And <laughs> I, yeah. I tell you, I've never seen uh, behavior like that. Okay, uh, so let's know, talk. Let's let's go yeah. there. I, I'm sorry to mean to cut you off, but you you immediately made me think of a classic Biden missed opportunity there. Yeah. I was so disappointed he didn't say this. But in all that uh, talking that that uh, Trump was doing, but about that specific topic about uh, saying that it would be worse under Biden, what Biden could have said and should have said was, "Hey, don't forget, when we left office, we left you a pandemic team in place." And you broke that team up and you dismantled that team two years before COVID was even thought of. So he, you know, that, that was an opportunity I think there for him to remind people that the preparedness of the Obama administration, again, it it was something that was a a thing to be proud of. And that part of why this, this administration has failed so miserably is because of his, uh, his mission to undo uh, everything Obama has done simply because he's done it. And, it, and, the, and the country has suffered because of it. He had a great opportunity to connect some dots there. And he and he had, yeah, he had a great opportunity to miss the dots. Now, I'm going to uh, defend Joe Biden at this point. Uh, I have my issues with Joe Biden. He was not my favorite. But dealing with Donald Trump in a debate setting and the way Donald Trump was last night, no matter what Biden said, Trump would have cut him off. No matter what Biden said, Trump would have come off saying, oh, you're, that's not true, rolling his eyes, shaking his head. And you have the yep. double camera split. So the person who's not talking gets almost as much editorial time as the person who is talking. Sure. And I'm, I don't, I'm at a point now where I'm wrestling with this issue and get your thoughts on this whether Biden should even bother participating uh, in the next few debates at all. What's your thoughts on that? Absolutely, he should. I think Biden came out for the better. The the only criticism I I have for Biden, besides, again, the missed opportunities, which aren't, you know, killers, they're just things that he could have done better. But the only criticism I really have for him uh, is that he did not... Oh my God! I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> the only um, yeah, yeah. The only the only criticism I have for Joe Biden um, is that he 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 wasn't as he no no he was sharp. I, I can't say that he was sharp. Oh yes, that's what it was. He did get down into the mire with Trump a couple of times, and he didn't need to do that. He needs to present himself as presidential as possible at all times because because we don't have that audience trump's just he looks like an idiot every time that he goes there with joe biden so yeah. all he has to do is stay high he does not have to tell him to shut up he doesn't have to call him a clown he can make direct criticisms of of his policies and even his character but he does not need to go low with joe with uh, trump he'll lose there stay high stay presidential it was so refreshing. It is so refreshing for people to see someone put a sentence together, to see someone uh, have an extended train of thought that they're able to keep up with. And, and Trump is he set the bar so low 
that all all Biden has to do is continue to remain presidential and give people that contrast. Don't go low. All right. And what did you think of uh, Chris Wallace's uh, performance as the uh, moderator? I feel kind of sorry for him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what are you what are you really going to do with with Donald Trump? Um, he he has absolutely no decorum. Uh, he has no manners. And that's how he's lived his entire life. And he's not going to change at age 70, whatever he is. Um, that said, I thought I thought he did a decent job of trying to rein him in. I think it took him a little too long to kind of, you know, like go over the rules again with him. It was like over an hour into the debate before he did that. Uh, but it wouldn't have mattered. Trump Trump does not care. But again, I think those things, I think those moments only hurt him. So again, Chris, Chris Wallace was, he, he did better than any other Fox host would have done. I will say that. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I actually feel a little sorry for him. Uh, he was in an impossible situation uh, and the criticism that's raining down on him. I don't know what anybody else could have done with Donald Trump. Right. I don't know what they expected of him. Um, but I, I thought he did a good job. He asked, he asked fair questions. He challenged both candidates. Um, and I, I thought he did a good job. I was, I was pleased with what, you know, given the circumstances, what he did. Uh, but yeah, I, I do believe that Joe Biden should definitely continue with the debates. I think that again, it only helps him appear more presidential and plan. Donald Trump has no, no substance and it just becomes so evident every time that he speaks. All right. Uh, with every debate or most, uh, every presidential debate, there's a, uh, a moment that just sort of remains uh, after the debate has ended. People talk sure. about it until the next debate. And I think uh, that moment is the white supremacy moment in last night's debate. Uh, and so I'm going to ask Dennis uh, if he'd be so kind to play the to- the whole excerpt from start to finish. And uh, Atiba, then you and I will take the deep dive on it. Let's do it. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, you, you what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white right like supremacists. White supremacists and right proud Proud militia. boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing problem. White supremacist. All right. Uh, All that right. Was a, I know. And. I, I've listened to that now three or four times, uh, Tiba, uh, for various uh, preparing for interviews and, and doing yep. the interviews. And the thing that I, caught me off guard, I didn't pick up on it when it was happening in real time, is old Uncle Joe uh, that we make fun of a lot on this show uh, for stumbling. He set the trap. And because uh, it was Chris Wallace asked an open-ended question, just denounce white supremacy. Trump wouldn't do it. So then Trump got slick and Trump immediately then started denouncing uh, Antifa. Okay. You know, so just to avoid the issue and Wallace pressed them. So Trump got slick and goes, be specific. Just don't say white supremacy. Although why he couldn't just denounce white supremacy. Right. And at which point Joe Biden was pulling a Trump 
and was breaking the rules and was interrupting Trump like Trump interrupted him. Uh, he was going, say it, do it, egging him on. And then when he goes, name me a group, he said Proud Boys. And it was Donald Trump responding to Joey Biden that got him to comment directly on the Proud Boys where he said, uh, what did he say, stand down and uh, stand by. Stand down and stand by. Stand by. Uh, so anyway, that was my read of it. What's, what was your read of that in general, most general terms? Well, here's a real, here's a real question. What did the Proud Boys read of it? Mm-hmm. And so literally uh, minutes after Donald Trump had said that, they had come up with a new logo and a saying, uh, just literally saying stand by, stand down and stand by. That was done under an hour after he said it, and it was all on social media. So they they perceive that to be a calling. That they perceive that to be um, a, a a a something that they should look out for. And they 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 indicated that they were immensely proud of Donald Trump and the way that he answered that question. And and so that's really all that matters is they perceive it as something that he was saying to encourage them. And, it, and it's just absolutely insane. Again, the things that he says out loud that we begin to normalize are, are just absolutely amazing. So uh, Joe, again, kudos to Joe Biden for getting him to commit to that. Uh, kudos to Chris Wallace for bringing it up and, and being steadfast in his presentation of it. And Donald Trump, once again, with no substance, reveals who he really is, like he does every time. Uh, in the aftermath, the Republicans, the spin crew, uh, is spinning the notion that uh, Trump misspoke. Uh, Senator uh, Tim Scott from South Carolina, who is called they, upon. They found uh, the what's that? They found the black guy to do it. Yes, right? they always they bring a black guy out. Uh, this is this not just Donald Trump happens in Chicago as well, but we're concentrating on Donald Trump. Uh, they bring uh, the Republican senator from South Carolina out, and he says Donald Trump misspoke. What's your response yeah. to Tim Scott when you hear him say Donald Trump misspoke? Yeah, I, I would I would borrow a word from uh, Joe Joe Biden and call malarkey. Uh, <laughs> there's no way that he misspoke, especially given the history of what the man has said. We, everybody remembers Charlottesville. Everybody remembers uh, the difficult, when he said he didn't know David Duke back when he was running the first time. Uh, he has, again, he has a history and we know what it is. And it is very disappointing for Republican senators uh, to swallow their tongues and not be able to say out loud that he was wrong. And, it, and it's doubly wrong that they got the black guy to do it, to make it okay. Highly disappointed once again in Tim Scott. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I was uh, very, dis- I can't say I was, uh, I guess, disappointed. I wasn't surprised uh, by, no. I say this on the show all the time, Atiba, for reasons I'm not quite sure, I'm on every Republican and Tea Party mailing list through email. And I right. routinely, routinely, I would say three or four times a day, get emails from Tim Scott. Uh, trying to raise money for the Republican Party. And uh, he'll be saying things like, 
you know, he'll be sort of like the nice Republican. He'll say things, you know, they um, I get called a lot of names by the left because the left is so intolerant uh, and they call me token and they call me Uncle Tom. And this is what the left right. is like. And this is why we have to fight him. So give your ten dollars, your fifteen dollars. He goes into the pitch and here he's talking about intolerance on the left and his he is championing a man who is the voice of intolerance, Atiba? Do you follow what I'm saying? This is- I, I, I absolutely do. And that, that is just further evidence that this is Trump's party. And I do believe that Republicans are going to pay a very heavy price for that come November. I, I am anticipating and predicting a sweep. A, going to main, Democrats will maintain the House. They will take over the Senate. And they're going to gain the presidency. And if and when that happens, I just pray to God that Joe Biden uses that trifecta to just run his agenda. Don't make the mistake Barack Obama made trying to be uh, bipartisan. Just run your agenda. That's what the American people want at this at this point in time. So that's my prediction. Well, it's interesting because uh, Joe Biden last night held back and when Trump was goading him. Uh, and there was that moment. Uh, uh, Dennis, do you have the, the one I sent you where Trump, uh, where Biden tells Trump to shut up to play that one? And uh, we'll let, just check this one out, Atiba. Vote now. Are you pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know he doesn't you're want to a senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question Supreme is, Justice, the radical question, left. Will you who shut is up, your, man. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? <laughs> this Who's is on your so list? Right. Gentlemen, this is, I think this we've is ended so this. He's going to pack the court. We have end, oh, no, not no. going to give a list. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on to. So that was that moment where uh, tr- Trump was hectoring him. Are you going to pack the court? Are you going to pack the court? Uh, and he was clearly trying to divide Joe Biden uh, from lefties like myself, it, it, which is very it's, it's hilarious, uh, Tiba, when I think about it. And lefties like you, you're let's face it, you're a card carrying Bernie supporter as well. Um, Absolutely. But it, like the notion that because Joe Biden is uh, mushy on these issues that I care about because he's to the right of where I am that I would not vote for him in the face of a, a white nationalist closing in on fascism like Donald Trump is so preposterous. Do you get what I'm saying? Like him trying to play, like carve lefties away from Joe Biden at a moment when he acts, he looks like, like it's homegrown fascism in our country i don't know what else to call it atiba is preposterous go ahead yeah he's so in in 2016 we remember that roughly 10 percent of bernie sanders voters did either did not vote or voted for donald trump and they did that the ones that voted for him thought he was going to be uh he's going to do things with the economy that you know closer to what bernie sanders would be aligned with and then we've now had almost four years of evidence of what Trump is really about. Um, so don't, he's lost those people between the tariffs, uh, between COVID-19 and, 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 and again, the lack of support that Americans have received from Congress uh, throughout COVID-19. I mean, one stimulus check over the past six, seven months. I don't think people are going to forget that anytime soon. So, yeah, uh, I think he is. I, I think Donald Trump is, is really in trouble as it pertains to the economy. 
and I can't see anyone on the left. Uh, again, based on, based on COVID alone, I, I don't see anyone on the left uh, still looking to vote for Donald Trump because there's too much evidence now. Where before there was there were just assumptions and we didn't know, and many people tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. That's that's over. So yeah, I, I think he's toast. Uh, and uh, the other point, the specific point, packing the court, that, of course, has become a rallying cry uh, against uh, many Democrats. Now, the, the Democrats who are crying packed the court, we have uh, them come on our show all the time. We talk about this all the mm-hmm. time. Uh, and this is in light of the games that the Republicans play uh, with uh, the Supreme Court, both with the Merrick Garland uh, nomination under Barack Obama and then flipping it uh, to the nomination here to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, Pack the court means adding more justices to the court. It's really inside baseball, Atiba. People like you, me, and David Seaton know what's going on, you know, and uh, but I think that most folks listening to that debate last night didn't know what pack the court meant. You follow what I'm saying? And so when Donald Trump was hectoring him with pack the court, I would vent, I'll bet you half the people listening did not know what Donald Trump was talking about. And when Joe Biden pulled away from that because he didn't want to be stake out a radical position like that, um, I don't think it had the impact that Donald Trump thought it did, like a gotcha moment. That's my thought. Yeah, because because I think that was the second time that he said, oh, there you go. You've lost the radical left now uh, when Joe Biden wasn't able to commit to that. But here's a problem. Joe Biden is a very savvy politician. He hasn't he hasn't been doing this over, over 40 years for nothing. And he knows what to say and what to commit to and, and what to not say and what not to commit to. That said, um, does Joe Biden really stand for packing the courts? We don't really know. But he's going to be wise enough to hold the cards close to his chest without admitting it. Right. Um, and he's and we've seen that before, too, with health care. We've seen it with defunding the police. He's right to, to say he's not for defunding the police not because he's not for it, because we understand the nuance of it, but American people don't, generally speaking, don't understand nuance. And so when they hear defund the police, they think that's very literal. And, and again, we don't have time to be explaining to these people that can't keep up. He's better off just saying he's not for it, but then putting the uh, policies in place that will affect it just the same. And I think, again, he's, he's smart and savvy enough to do that. Uh, knowing full well, of course, that uh, if he wins the presidency and the Democrats, as you say, hold the House and take the Senate, there will be pressure from the left on all these fronts. But right now, I understand exactly what you're saying. Right now, uh, he's playing it close to chest and playing it from the center. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't One want to drift. Thing, I liked it because I forgot to mention this earlier. One of the things about the whole Proud Boy situation mm-hmm. um, that I think is, is going to be problematic for Trump You've got uh, the Lincoln Center out here making these devastating ads. That is just tailor-made. They're going to they're going to get hold of some Proud Boys videos of them saying some of the most egregious, offensive things, and then they're going to have Donald Trump juxtapose that, telling them to stand by, and they're going to say this is the guy that told him to stand by, and it's going to be his yeah. own words, and, and he's he's going to uh, suffer from that. I promise you. Yes, I, I agree. That, by the way, just uh, the Lincoln Project. I know we've talked about them in the show, the Lincoln Project. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so 
your your advice then uh, to uh, Donald Trump, uh, excuse me, Biden is to uh, continue uh, with the debates. Imagine if for the moment, if your candidate, the one that you supported, had been on that stage, Bernie Sanders, what do you think the debate would have been like? <laughs> to be honest with you, much the same. Um, I think it would have been just rife for Saturday Night Live moment between the two of them. Yeah. And I don't think people would be able to get enough between those two characters. Um, I'll be honest with you, I would have preferred, if I was going to see that, I'd prefer Elizabeth Warren uh, debate Donald Trump. I think she would be sharper. Bernie Sanders, as much as I love him, can be a one-trick pony. And so there are times where he needs to be able to uh, eloquently go to a different point, but he comes back to the same, yeah, he comes back to the same uh, talking points um, that, that, can, that can be kind of redundant. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Elizabeth Warren, uh, one of the, the moments, there were so many moments last night uh, that just violated all protocol of debate. Uh, I mean, I, I talked at length uh, during the, um, the live show about how Trump broke all the rules that they'd agreed to for the debate. And so I was just thinking about like, if you were a civics teacher or debate coach trying to teach your high school kids how to debate and they have rules. And then there's a kid who just breaks the rules. This is the president of the United States. Do you follow what I'm saying? That in and of itself, just just blatantly violating the rules that you agreed to uh, in, in any competitive in a debate, he'd have been kicked off the stage. Uh, in, in a football game, he'd have been kicked off the field. You know what I mean? You just blatantly break the rules, defy the umpire, you're gone. Uh, but yeah, it's impressive. Go ahead, yeah. What I was going to say was he's really, really hurting himself when he does that because here's where we are. People are thirsty, hungry for information like they've never been thirsty and hungry for it before. People want to know in great detail how this economy is going to open back up, how their kids, you have any 50 million kids at home? Mm. Again, not in school. People want to know information. And when he does that and he's not able to offer any specifics and just reverts to name calling, he's really just hurting himself. So I, I, you know, whether he not, whether or not he participates in another debate, we'll see. But yeah, I think Joe Biden should continue to do so because every every debate just exposes Donald Trump. Oh, I think Joe Biden. Uh, they are the campaign already said they're they're going to be in, in every debate. Uh, Absolutely, they did that last night. But the point I was going to make is that out of nowhere, there was a, uh, Trump made a reference to Elizabeth Warren. Only didn't call her Elizabeth Warren. He called her Pocahontas, yep. and that was so disrespectful. I mean, there were so many moments uh, last night that were offensive by Donald Trump. But just the, the, the name he coined for Elizabeth Warren is offensive. And to Native Americans, uh, it's offensive to Elizabeth Warren. But just out of nowhere to drop it in a, in a debate in front of millions and millions of Americans, uh, Atiba, that, I, it's hard to say that was the low point of the debate because there was no real high point. You know what I mean? It was... Right. But that was a particularly uh, rough moment. And I, I did wonder, I do believe that based on the performance Elizabeth Warren uh, displayed against Michael Bloomberg in the debates last January, I think it was, she would have eviscerated Trump. No doubt. 
that and that's my point. She would she would have just tore him apart. And keep in mind, she would have an advantage against Trump that Bernie Sanders would not have because she's a woman. And so he would not know how to deal with that being cut up by a very sharp woman who's not afraid of him in the least. That said, again, I'm not surprised that he called her Pocahontas. He doesn't know what else to do. Again, because he is so he is so lacking in substance, he always goes back to the name calling. And because there's no audience, it does not play well. So again, he everything that he's saying, he's he's hurting himself. I, I stand by it, and I, and and you can see that in the polling post debate. Joe Biden is up sixty to thirty eight. I mean, he, you know, Donald Trump keeps his regular thirty eight percent, but there's up to sixty percent of people saying that Joe Biden won. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will um, close it down with going a little local. Uh, this is sure. uh, an item that you and I both noticed. We chatted about this uh, earlier this morning. Um, there is some kind of a, a, a gathering or fundraiser for uh, <laughs> Trump. I forget. I think it's like black people for Trump. Like I saw blacks for yeah. Trump. Yeah. And the, the flyer has a picture of uh, a radio personality, a black woman who's for Trump and Rod Blagojevich. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, how does he qualify as blacks for Trump? Yep. <laughs> Help me out here, Atiba. Well, here's the funny thing. I can almost understand, I, you know, why Blago would do it. Because the bottom line is Trump let him out, what, three, four, five years early? And, and Barack Obama wouldn't do it, which Barack Obama couldn't do it because he went to jail because of his seat. So how would that look? So there was no way that Barack Obama was ever going to let him out. But Trump did do it at, 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 at the behest of his family. So I don't, I don't so much blame Blago for trying to pay back the favor, but the, the radio host is just stunning. And, and then we can talk about, too, how typical it is, stereotypical, to have the catfish. Like, is it, you know, again, that, that is, to me, that's insulting in and of itself. The flyer yeah. does not give you an address. It says it's in a certain neighborhood. That's it. And then it's $50 to, to participate. And I did my best, actually, to look up any organization called Blacks for Trump in Chicago. None existed. And even, the, even their Facebook page, which they have one, only had uh, you know, a, a couple of dozen followers. So this is not something that has a lot of st- – oh, I'm sorry, not, not their Facebook page, their Twitter page, mm-hmm. uh, that, that does not have any steam or momentum behind it. And I think it's just a sad day. Um, for these people that are calling themselves supporting Trump. Yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, I, yeah, I'm with you about Blago. I understand why Blago's for Trump. It's payback. Right. Uh, and Trump let him out of prison largely because uh, Trump wanted to use Blago uh, to sort of underscore his point that the prosecutors are mean to him, Trump. Uh, yep. So the same prosecutors are mean to him or mean to Blago. So I get what Trump was up to and I get what Blago's up to. But I don't know like why you would have blacks for Trump and put Blago's picture on it. He's not black. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why? You, what, whatever. It's, but I guess is, they couldn't find is. any other black people, any black he people is. in Chicago. Well, one, you're right. They, they couldn't, but he is beloved by the black community. I think even Jesse Jackson was lobbying for him to be let out, right? Um, yeah. So again, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how beloved he is. I was lobbying. I wanted him out. I thought it was an unfair sentence. Uh, yeah. 
but I certainly don't love him. I just thought it was an unfair sentence, and right, right. Uh, they should let him out. Uh, anyway, all right, Atibu Buchanan, tell everybody one more time where they can check out your uh, radio show, uh, and uh, and what do you expect to be talking about on the next uh, on the next episode? Yeah, the name of the show is the Buchanan and Seaton Show on WVON AM sixteen ninety, uh, the Talk of Chicago. We air nine until midnight on Friday night, so you don't want to miss that. All right. Well, I expect to be hearing a lot of talk about uh, the uh, the debates, taxes, Donald Trump's taxes. Oh yes, uh, and uh, 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 and maybe uh, blacks for Trump. Maybe some isn't conversation it, about that. Isn't it What's stunning that? just how quickly? that the topics for Trump can just disappear. I mean, it was just like two weeks ago that we were talking about suckers and losers in the military. And now that story is, you know, just completely in the wind. It is so hard to keep up with him every day. And it's just something more and more egregious. And I just hate to see us normalize how terrible a person he is. Well, I, actually, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm agreeing with what you said at the outset that there's a cumulative effect of all these outrages. And so, yes, you're right. We're not talking about suckers and losers at the moment. We're not talking about how he just uh, sort of insulted the legacy of uh, RBG, but not even taking a moment, you know, just to pause and reflect. Uh, but it accumulates. Do you follow what yeah. I'm saying, Atiba? And, uh, and, he, and then last night's debate, it just adds to it. So I think there's a cumulative effect, but you're absolutely correct. Um, it's just something new every day. And now uh, white supremacist, uh, it's now he's now we're dealing with that. Like he's, his attempt to normalize white supremacy. So uh, yeah. Atiba, thank you very much. I appreciate it as always. You take care. All right. Thank you so much, Ben. So, uh, love talking to you and Dennis. Thanks for your time. That's the great Atiba Buchanan. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody.